Hey, everyone, and welcome to the All It Takes is a Goal podcast, the best place in the entire world, including all of Canada, to learn how to build new thoughts, new actions, and new results. I'm your host, John Acuff, and today I'm joined by Bob Goff. Who's that? I'm so glad you asked. Bob Goff is a Disneyland office resident, a recovering lawyer, New York Times bestselling author, nonprofit founder, Mr. Chief Balloon Inflator, motivational speaker. Those are all titles that can describe Bob Goff. He's also known for printing his real cell phone number in his first published book, which turned into a New York Times bestseller. It was called Love Does, and it sold over 2 million copies. 2 million copies. And he gave all the money away. He was a lawyer for 25 years. He left that all behind to become the honorary consul to Uganda. And he founded an organization, a nonprofit called Love Does in 2001. It's helped children across the world in areas like Uganda, Somalia, Afghanistan, Nepal, and India. And Bob is my friend. We've known each other for about 10 years. You'll certainly hear us talk a little about that in the interview. Bob is the real deal. If you're around Bob for 13 seconds, you are more motivated. If you're around Bob for five seconds, you feel like, you know what? I'm going to do that thing. I'm going to try that goal. I'm going to dream bigger than I've ever dreamed before. I walked away from this conversation so encouraged, and I think you will too. He's got a brand new book out right now called Undistracted, Capture Your Purpose, Rediscover Your Joy. I think you're going to love the book. I think you're going to love the conversation. But first a quick message about the sponsor of today's episode. Whether your engines have been running all winter long or you've been hibernating through the cold, let's talk about a food that will keep you going all season, macadamia nuts. Imagine enjoying macadamia nuts without having to go on a mission to find them among their distant cousins in the mixed nut package. A handful of these naturally buttery flavor bombs has the perfect calorie breakdown of proteins, healthy fatty acids, fiber, and a couple of carbs so you can snack without throwing yourself out of whack. You can get freshly roasted macadamia nuts in a variety of snack sizes from Uguazi Macadamia. But you won't just get better macadamia nuts from Uguazi, you'll also help build a better world. Uguazi means knowledge in Zulu because this isn't just another nut brand. Uguazi is a nonprofit whose primary mission is providing quality and affordable college education to African students. Uguazi doesn't just give a percentage of profits to charity. All the profits from their 14,000 macadamia nut trees and their freshly roasted macadamia sales belong to Uguazi International Christian University, a fully accredited nonprofit and Christian university in the kingdom of Eswatani. Order your next snack from buymacadamias.com. That's B-U-I-M-A-C-A-D-A-M-I-A-S.com. When you use the code John Acuff, let's spell that too, that's J-O-N-A-C-U-F-F. You'll get a free snack size package of roasted and lightly salted macadamia nuts with any order. That's buymacadamias.com. Use the code John Acuff. You can help build a better world while enjoying a healthy yet tasty snack of Uguazi macadamia nuts. All right, let's jump right into my interview with Bob Goff. Bob 
Bob, it is so fun to see you again. I love getting to hang out. We don't get to see each other often, but I'm so glad you joined me on the podcast today. Yeah, you know, there's some friendships that we all have where you feel like you're together even when you aren't together. And I really feel that. That's that kind of kinship. That's that kind of a family of friends that are around the world. And so just great to be on with you. Well, and we've known each other for 10 years now. Um, and it started, we were both speaking at Catalyst out in the West Coast. And I hit you up on Twitter and said, hey, I'm speaking at this event. Can we get coffee? And you said, why don't you just come up the night before and stay at my house? And I thought, well, that's like an extreme coffee. Let's go. <laughs> that was my entry into the world of Bob Goff. And when I you picked me up in the airport in a VW bus, and I was like, I think he's really like this. And then when I got to your house, the state flag of Tennessee was flying over the house in San Come Diego. On. And so I get that question all the time. People go, is Bob really like Bob? And I'll say, I'll tell you what I know. I had a full Bob experience. He's 100% Bob. That is who Bob is. So I, I love that our friendship started this way. Um, I'm excited about your new book. New book came out. It's called Undistracted, Capture Your Purpose, Rediscover Your Joy. I feel like everyone is distracted right now. What would you say are five distractions or three distractions? Or if you had to give somebody a list of like, hey, here's some distractions that people need to eliminate, where would you start? Yeah. Uh, think about just three sections of your life, like, you know, where you were, where you are and where you're headed. So, so to say where you were, like some of these things that were get these loops in our mind, we have this bad experience. And sometimes you need to sort that out with a couple of good friends. Sometimes you need a counselor to go. So the distractions to do a little housekeeping, maybe for people in the business world to do a little audit. Maybe there was a business they tried and failed and uh, there were some lessons learned, but there was also some wounds that they got. So to just figure out what are they, see what's connected to what. And to say is that what will happen sometimes is we'll make up a story to explain something that didn't happen in your life. If you're eight years old and either your parents split or something crazy happened, you make up a story, everyone will leave me. It isn't, of course, true, but at eight, you don't have the tools to deal with that. And then you make up rules to support the story. So like the rule is, I'm not going deep with anybody. And so then these rules that were actually scaffolding to keep your little eight-year-old life together, um, all of a sudden they become, uh, you're 30 and you wonder why you don't go deep in any relationships. That would be a distraction in the past. Something uh, in the present to say, do a little audit to say, what am I spending my time on? I have my friends take a paper plate uh, and just keep track. So the paper plates, that pie that's 24 hours of your day and uh, say, how much time do you uh, need to sleep? And there's no bravado in saying, I only need two and a half hours. That's just stupid. If you need eight, like whatever, get nine. Like just don't write down what you wish it was. Just say, this is what it is. How much time are you spending either at an office or some kind of work activity? Get real about that. How much time are you spending with the people that you love? Again, once you fill out your plate, give it to somebody you love and say, is this plate accurate? <laughs> Yeah, is this a true plate? Is this plate real? Yeah. <laughs> with a lot, lot of love and affection, they'll just, that thing where you say, I'm spending this much time working, you're just like, we're in proximity to one another, but we're not fully present with one another. Come up with some 
ideas, some life hacks. Sweet Maria and I, on that back porch that we've sat on, we just toss a, a big ball around. It's called a clincher. And they made these things during the Depression. It's bigger than a softball, but nobody could afford mitts, so everybody could catch it. And it's uh-huh. soft enough that nobody can hit a home run. I'm like, well, that'll preach. So if you answer your cell phone while you're playing catch, you're going to lose teeth. Um, yeah. And so what I want us to do is to just be fully present. I love you guys in Tennessee. Say, be where your feet are. Yep. So just be fully present. And then the third section, it would just be your future. And some of us are so wrapped around the axle trying to worried about what might happen uh, that we don't actually make some stuff happen. Uh, yep. We're just driving scared. And if you've ever seen uh, somebody, I'm just saying that stereotypical older guy who's like hunched over the steering wheel. He's mm-hmm. got his hands at 10 and two and his chest at six. Like he's yep. just like yeah. petrified. That's a bad driver. Give me somebody who's got their hand at 12 o'clock and is lean back and is driving relaxed. That's what I want to do. That isn't uh, a lack of intention. That's the presence of wisdom. Well, and I think what I love about that, especially thinking about distractions from the past, is I think when we say distraction, we often think, okay, it's Netflix, it's Hulu, it's my alert notifications, but you could be carrying around some really old distractions that are really strong and that are defining your today. And so I love that you kind of start in that spot. I love that approach. Maybe even thinking about distractions that some of them are good. You know, if faith guides your step, we'll get distracted by it in all the best ways. If like, I know this, that the sun sets here in San Diego at 5.11 today. Most people don't know when it sets. I'm like made an intention, like I'm going to figure out when the sun sets and it's creeping up a little bit later each day. Uh, And before the solace, it was like Mm -hmm. going down, but just say, don't make a resolution. I'm going to see every sunset from now on because life just doesn't work that way. But if you're mindful that the sun setting at 511 today, I bet you, you might be out there at 510 and you just might stop working at 509. You might just say like, there's a thing, you've got something to measure. So that would be a good distraction. That's Uh, a great distraction. Yeah. If alarms are your thing, set a couple. But if alarms are breaking you up, like uh, don't do it. Uh, You know, I put my cell phone number in the back of quite a few books. I find these calls to be wonderful distractions. Like Mm -hmm. I, because I put a high value on availability. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm just saying, make these distractions, the bad ones, just put them on the bus and send them on the way and the good ones embrace them. Well, and you said something interesting there. We, the, the name of the podcast is all it takes is a goal. And people often take what's a good distraction, a good goal, and they make it a hard rule that sucks the joy out of it. So I love the idea of, yeah, go see a sunset. Don't say from here on out, if I don't see the sunset, I failed. Yeah. Now you set yourself up for failure. So how do you stay because you get a ton done. Every time I talk to you, there's a new project, some new adventure. You get an amazing amount of things done, but you also stay loose enough that you're available. You just mentioned availability is one of your, your key values. How do you manage that tension or how do you do that dance? Yeah, I know how I'm feeling. Uh, if you can see this on the video, I've got a mood ring. I bought it for four bucks on Etsy. Remember those from the 70s? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah just, sure. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Sweet Maria Goff and I just stopped talking maybe 
15 years ago about where I was. Uh, it's not because I've got this secret life. I just like uh, she uh, is undistracted by anything except our family. Her whole life is me, the people we made, the people they married, and the people they made. Like, that's it. <laughs> that's the beginning, middle, and an end. I have a different, like, set of concentric rings. That's certainly in the center of that, you know, faith and family and all that. But then as I go out with these concentric rings, uh, some of that takes me uh, overseas. So we just don't talk about... Um, some of these countries we're in, because uh, that would make her anxious. It actually makes me anxious. Yeah. So uh, we, and so we talk about how I am, not where I am. What if you did that as a hack? Get a four dollar mood ring. Just say uh, right now it's kind of dark blue with a little bit of green in it. I don't have a book that translates that. That feels like talking to a good old friend about things that matter and feeling really uh, accepted and known. And you wanna change the conversations you're having with your people that you love. Start talking about like how you are. And I'm not this big touchy feely guy. I'm a freaking trial lawyer. Uh, but yeah. what I'm trying, <laughs> I tried death penalty cases against witch doctors. I've got gears. Yeah. Um, but I think what I want to cultivate in myself is the wisdom to say, if I really, really want to go deep with uh, my family, I got to tell them how I am and stop talking about just where I am. I, uh, I think what's interesting is that you put a lot of value and a lot of creativity around symbols. So the ring is a symbol. Throwing the ball is a physical symbol. Um, your hat, uh, the, the Red Sox hat is a symbol. Have symbols always been part of how you express your creativity or how you manage your day or how you grow as an individual? Have they always been important to you? Yeah, I think I would just think of them as like a tap on the shoulder from a good friend. They're just these reminders about who you are and what you wanted and why you want it. It feels like a tap. It doesn't feel like a bony finger waving yeah, at you yeah. saying why you're blowing yeah. it. It yeah. feels like, no, no, just this terrific reminder. If you saw here uh, in my room, I've got a uh, whiteboard at six feet tall, eight feet wide, uh, and the kind you'd have on a university in rollers. I got 33 things I'm doing. Not 31 and not 34. I got 33 things I'm doing. And there's no magic to that, but mm -hmm. I just know why I'm doing what I'm doing. And if somebody says, like, do you want to go on a rocket ship? My immediate reaction is, well, of course. But of the, what I'll do is I've just like kind of glance it up. The answer to that is going to be yes. Uh, it's not on my 33. I'll have 34 then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. guess who controls that list? I know. You're like, there's not a committee. You yes. go, I add another one. So there's something beautiful about that. But I'm, I'm pretty good about taking some stuff off that list. I'm like, that's old Bob. He's on the bus. But but I, what I'm saying with your, I wouldn't have a hundred things on the list. That'd be hard to manage, but kind of the Wimbledon finals. Think about this. Uh, and if you apply this to a work setting, put all the stuff that you can think of in the far left corner, you Enneagram ones that live by Excel spreadsheets. Yeah. That's like the first column, everything from paying the gardener to taking the dog out to getting rid of the dog. Like you never liked it anyway. So that's a far left corner. And then I want to start moving, vetting that stuff and moving those things to the right, kind of like the Wimbledon finals. And to say, what's stuff that's going to actually matter more? What stuff's going to last longer than all last? What are the things that I want to be remembered for? Move it to the right, move it to the right. And what 
she'll do is she'll just fan out these things. Here's all the stuff I'll get to if I can. Here's the stuff I'm doing right now. That's your 33. And so for me, um, I'm just like constantly scanning that. Um, I To get to this place in Canada, uh, we go, do you take a seaplane? Otherwise, it'd be an awfully long boat ride. And when I was learning how to fly this thing, they said, you scan the sky, just look at everything out the window, make sure nothing's going to hit you and you're not going to hit anything. And then you chunk it up just 10% of the sky. Take a real hard look at just 10% of the sky, 10% of the sky, then scan the whole sky. They get back to 10%. Take a little bit deeper. It's just another way of symbol, whether you think of it at Wimbledon or just chunking it up a little bit, but take a hard look and start with everything with an F. Faith, family, fun, finances, Ferrari, if you got one, philanthropy, <laughs> if you can't spell, but just like, just chunk it up a little bit. I, I love that approach because it's practical, but it's it's still Bob whimsical. You you mentioned you put your phone number in um, in books. What inspired you to originally do that? Yeah, I, I was seeing that the um, somebody writes a country western song about a dog or a girl that got away or whatever, and and then no, all of a sudden they're not available anymore. Somebody has some bit part in an action movie and then they're like the big whoever and they're not available. Some people write a book and then they're just not available. It's like, oh, some pastors of churches. They have Mm -hmm. people who have people who have people. And it's a great business model I get, but I would want to join a church. If I wanted a business, I'd join Apple. You get like a watch and a phone (laughs) out of the thing. And so what, what I wanted to do is break that for me, not for everybody else. But for me, and just to say, I was going to just be uber available, right? Just like unreasonably available to people. And I would see what would happen in my life because it would kind of shatter that notion of being efficient with your time. I have a friend who is really efficient. He actually had someone get me on the phone for him and say, like, Mr. Whoever's waiting. (laughs) Uh, Oh, hell no. Like, so (laughs) what I don't want to do is be really efficient and isolated. And so this is a beautiful reaction for me to say, I just want to be available to people and to see what will happen in my life. And I've seen some beautiful things uh, come of that. Now, that said, sweet Maria, me, who we made, who they married, who they made. She's not answering phone calls from anybody. If it isn't part of those four groups, nope. And that isn't arrogance. That's just wisdom. So I would say, like, figure out how you came hardwired from the factory. Uh, Say, what's that connected to? Um, And what could I benefit from? And uh, I've been the big winner by answering 100 calls a day. Uh, And sometimes it's just Billy. He just wants to know if it's true. He got to the last page of the book. And I just love just that feeling like, no. I feel like, yes. (laughs) Yeah, it's real. It's real. It's a hundred. Yeah. So I think what's interesting is you've used the phrase for me a couple of times. And I think that one of the things I like about the ideas you share is that you talk a lot about self-awareness, how you're hardwired. Like it's not a, this is the solution. And if you don't do this, you don't get the solution. So because sometimes in, when it comes to goals or work, people will say, you've got to get up at a certain time. You got to drink the right amount of water. You got to do the exact thing. And I think there's a flexibility in the ideas you share. How do you express that um, to people? Because I think people sometimes want a solution. They'll say, I, you know, some, I ask people to ask me what questions they'd like to hear from Bob Goff. 
And some were like, well, how many hours a day do you write? They wanted the formula. When somebody comes to you and says, I want the formula, and you know it's a more of an open-handed answer, how do you help them with that? Yeah. So the answer to uh, this for me, the first uh, response is curiosity. Like, just stay curious. I think there's some people that look older than their chronological age, and I think they just stop being curious, and it makes you look old. There's other people that are far younger than their chronological age. Uh, they just uh, feel their uh, people said like I'm spry, which means old guy with a lot of energy. And so like that I'm actually I would say I'm curious. Uh, it just looks like energy, but actually I'm just curious about like what would happen if and I would say for some people, they've grown up in an environment where their activities are controlled or even in an environment like this where they're trying to learn something, a life hack, a thing, but they're so acclimated to control that they've lost out on the capacity to influence. I was speaking at a thing. It was in the middle of the vid, and uh, and we went through all the southern states. It just seemed like a really bad idea. And so <laughs> we got a bus, and <laughs> I just encouraged some people. And I was speaking somewhere, and I was having a conversation with somebody uh, that really needed to have a conversation. And I could tell the person like throwing the party or the event wanted me to be elsewhere. And he was polite for a little while. Then he grabbed me by the shoulders and started like physically moving me. I'm like, what hospital do you want to go to? <laughs> Take a baby steps. Yeah. And uh, I realized in that moment that I don't like to be controlled. And I think most people don't. And so if you do it in the workplace or in your family or in whatever, you'll get people to comply every once in a while until they stop complying. And then they yeah. just say no. What if instead he had said, Bob, I think I know why you're here and you could do 10 times more of that if you move 40 feet to your left? I'd be like, awesome. That's yeah. influence. And so what I'm trying to do in my own kind of personal regimens isn't trying to control it with like, I'm finding balance. I felt like I, at one point in my life, was spending so much time trying to find balance, I tipped over. And it isn't haphazard. I told you, I got 33 things. Yep. SpaceX calls me, I'm on the next rocket. 34. Um, 34. Uh, but until then, um, I have a lot of clarity. I've moved the stuff across. I vetted it Wimbledon style to save uh, the stuff with a F like the faith family fund finances and uh, just chunk it up 10%, take a hard look at your finances, but don't spend your evenings in the counting room. Like yeah. stop spending all your time figuring out whether your stock went up or down. Cause I'd tell you what's happening downstairs. Your stock's going down. <laughs> yeah. 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 The stock that matters. Yeah. Nobody at that company knows your name. The yeah. people downstairs do. Yeah. It gives new meaning to selling yourself short. Like Ex I just, what I want to do is be heads up and to say, I want to be fully aware. And I think that's why I wrote a book called Undistracted because I'm a flaming seven on the Enneagram. Yeah, sure. uh, our mutual friend, Ian Cron was teasing me because he's laughing. Is like sevens are distracted. Like that's where you live. Yeah. And like, exactly. And so maybe you can find something that you had at one time perceived was a weakness. And could we flip that thing and make it a strength? And it's action. It's always like, what if people took all the neat guests that you've had, all the neat things you've said, 
all the books you've written and take agreeing with John Acuff off the table. Just don't agree with me. Uh, what would be left is either doing something or not. No guilt, no shame. But sometimes we feel like when we nod our head and we agree, yeah, I really ought to get a baseball. Just get the ball yeah, <laughs> or yeah. don't, but yeah. don't agree because your mind yeah. will tell you, yeah, you're making power moves, dude. It, yeah. It's the guy it that tells you a story. And I just say like, no, 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 just do it. Have you ever heard the uh, phrase, John, uh, cut to the chase? I have. Yeah, I, have yeah. I love idioms because it makes me want to find out where did that come from? And mm -hmm. I didn't know if Shakespeare had an uncle named Chase and maybe, and it comes from Hollywood uh, when there were silent movies, like there was always a chase scene. Uh, nobody uh, could understand what was happening without the chasing. And as soon as there, if it's just Charlie Chaplin spinning his cane, that doesn't tell the story. Yeah. But as soon as he's running after the bus or the road bus is driving after him. Um, and so what if we get to the part in your life where something's happening? Cut mm -hmm. to the chase. I love that. Just go do something. God doesn't need your help. I ask him every day. I offer. And Check he's in. like, dude, I just want your heart. Um, and so sometimes we think we want to bring our successes to whatever it is that matters most to you, whatever, who is, who's ever footsteps you follow. And I just think he wants to bring our authenticity and you're not going to do that without going down the hole and say, why am I doing what I'm doing? Is this just insecurity? Because if you want applause, join the circus. If you want to actually make a difference, get down and start throwing the baseball around with your, whoever you love the most. I, I, I love that approach. I, th I think one of the things that's interesting that maybe some people don't know is that Love Does sold 2 million copies, which is an amazing amount of books. Like that is a ridiculous amount of books. So awesome. And you gave them money away. When did you first discover the joy of generosity? Because I think it's often one of those things that you hear, like people say it helps you more than others. It's fun. But there's a part of you that's skeptical. That's like, I don't know. When did you bump into the joy of generosity? You know, it's really almost like this strategy. While there's some joy intact, there's a lot of strategy behind it. Like sometimes people see somebody that's generally kind of upbeat and happy, mm -hmm. and they think he's just a happy guy. And indeed, I'm kind of happy, but underneath a veneer of happy is a mile of strategy. Um, like I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. And the fact was I had applied to some of these terrific nonprofits that are out there to make a difference in the world. They're outstanding. I said, Hey, listen, I'm a lawyer. I, I'll work for nothing. I'd like, I, I just want in, I wanted to like, see how I could be helpful. And, and all of them said no, <laughs> which is just good judgment on their part. But rather than saying these Silly things like, you know, God shut the door, like go Texas on it, just shoot the hinges right off mm -hmm. and say, I'm going to go do this. Um, and so putting a flag in the sand to say, I'm not waiting for permission to do what I feel like I could contribute. And it ain't going to be the best thing. I'm not going to make a bunch of hoodies. I'm just going to just do something. And then it turned out uh, I wasn't a good enough lawyer. Like I was my only donor. And so I would go as a lawyer and I'd take a deposition and I started thinking this is fundraising rather than like a day job. Uh, and then I realized, oh my gosh, if there's a publisher that said they'd write a book and I traded them a book for a school and then the rest like just took off. What I wanted to do is make a difference. Uh, you know, the people that said, you know, if this would just make a difference in one person's life, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have. 
No, I, I always think that's the I that is the biggest lie you No, be honest. Yes. You didn't write a book because you you'd write a diary and hand it to your neighbor. Like oh you gosh. wrote a book to help a lot of people. Yeah. So I would say, I mean, it's no, but it makes a great movie. It's Rudy. He's yeah. five foot nothing. And he, yeah. you know, does that. But what I want to do is really move the needle. And so that would be the strategy. I promise you that is among my 33 things. Um, and so then the next thing would this next thing help do that. Um, I want to leave this legacy. Um, we each get about 4,000 weeks. Uh, you know, a couple more if you eat broccoli, a couple less if yeah. you eat Pop-Tarts. And somebody uh, gave me a, a map that had all the weeks of my life checked off. I'm like, oh, wow. Uh, is, I guess a, a tombstone wasn't available. Yeah, That's what they were like, able to give you. Dang. Um, Holy cow. So it, it was a great perspective. You don't need to, if writing your eulogy blows your hair back, go for it. Like whatever it is that's effective for yeah. you. But for me, having a visual to say, I got this period of time where I can make some moves and want to make some moves. And so what would be something that is doable and makes sense and all that. And so just where there's an ambition, if you think of that as the X axis and an opportunity, and you think of that as a Y axis and you vetted that ambition to say, it's one of my 33, it's going to last. It matters. It's not driven by pride or arrogance or envy or comparison or all that jazz. So, so it's a real live ambition. And then there's an opportunity, but like strap me to the rocket, but you will yeah. never see me climbing, uh, like Everest. Cause that just means that like some 22 year or somebody that's ripped like you hauled me to the top. That's what happened. <laughs> I wouldn't find that meaningful, but for somebody else, that's a yeah. beautiful ambition. And like, yeah. dude, go for it. Put it on your, put it on your 33. Yeah. Make it on, on your list. If that gets up there, but this is my list. This is not a uh, community list. I haven't asked Maria. I haven't asked the kids to say, what do you think my 33 should be? So I'm not collaborative in that way. I'm not trying to build consensus. I've got my eye on this kingdom uh, and it's not a kingdom named Bob. It's like, it's just like to say, I've got this idea of what it would look like if we could get a couple generations of us and the ones we made and the ones they married, and the ones they made, that is this kind of vetting that starts moving it like Wimbledon off mm -hmm. to the right. I go like, you know what? We're going to do that. And it doesn't make any sense. It may not make, Oh, we bought a camp. Like yeah. there's that movie. We bought a zoo. Somebody, yeah. when we bought this camp, uh, then, uh, on opening day, the vid happened. <laughs> I'm like, no, yep. like, and then in California, you can't have even tumbleweeds roll through your camp without no. masks. So just like we were stuck and the bank wanted to get paid. <laughs> Go they like money. That bank will pre yeah. appreciate it. Might weird. weird. <laughs> Can I send you a book instead? Yeah. And so what we did is that we just figured out what was adjacent to us. Like, think about this idea. What's already adjacent to you? There was a big field. The field had a broken down barn. I got the barn. I got the field. And we just started, we got a jockey that trains horses. And we started training other people's horses. Like, I don't know anything about horses. I don't know what in to put the hay in. But to see what's already adjacent. And while we were losing our shirt on the camp, we were making bank on the horses. The last two horses flew in on their own chartered jets from France. Like I mean, do you feed amazing. these things baguettes and like yeah. Perrier water. So what my point is this, uh, you have a big ambition. 
you're not finding some progress on that. Say, is there anything adjacent to it? Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, I think that idea of adjacency and getting adjacent to the things that actually will matter, the stuff that you would move to the right, want to kind of get in the blast radius of those things and see what will happen. Had horses even been on your radar? Like oh, if the camp no. it, Okay. No. Yeah, there's a uh, uh there's a great uh, that that film uh, we bought a zoo. There's a scene in that. Uh you ought to watch that with the kids this weekend. Mm-hmm. There's a scene I haven't where, seen it. Oh yeah, you yeah, we bought a zoo. It's this widowed father and then he's trying to raise his kids and and he's sitting down with his son and explaining how life works and he says all it takes is 20 seconds of insane courage. Just mm-hmm. 20 seconds of just unreasonable bravery and everything will change. And so what I think about often is what's your 22nd move? Not just the one after the 21st, I mean, 20 clock ticks, second move. Like what would just take 20 seconds of just insane courage to do? Maybe it's squaring up with somebody that you're estranged from. You know, maybe there's somebody you got sideways with and you could just send them a text message and say, sorry. I mean, don't say, sorry, you suck. Just say, sorry. Like, and, or, or don't say, I was right, you were wrong. Just say, or I'm sorry, you misunderstood me. That's yeah. never an apology. Yeah, just say, I'm sorry. Like, yep. it just, it got wonky, sorry. That doesn't mean you need to do Thanksgiving together, but that just experience it. Take 20 seconds of courage and, and then just say, what would happen? Maybe uh, find 20 seconds of affirmation. From somebody, maybe you think you're the big cheese, <laughs> friends. You're not like um, at the office. Uh, take 20 seconds and uh, focus on one person, and just say mm-hmm. like, you know, just don't say creepy things. Say say affirming things. <laughs> just yeah. say, you know what? There's something about you that I've noticed, and this is it. Just that, and you're not blowing sunshine at them. You're speaking truth to them. And I'm telling you, that year when they say, what was the high point of the year? When you spend 20 seconds, yep. you know how long most of my phone calls are? About 20 seconds. The like, like, oh, I like the book, or maybe it's a creditor saying you owe me money. But like, but we spend about 20 seconds talking and just say, man, I'm really honored that you took the time to call. Thanks a lot. Hope how many have weekend. you gotten over the years? Would you oh, estimate? I don't know. 10,000? 10, 10,000. That's, yeah. that's so many calls. I'm curious. You mentioned strategy, and I love the idea of, um, like there's positivity, but there's a, like, and that's the veneer and there's so much strategy under it. Cause I think a lot of times people assume I'm a really positive person. I tend to be pretty melancholy by nature. I just know the value of positivity. So I work at it. Like I put strategy into it. Let's say you've had a bad day. Like Bob Goff's had a bad day. I have a friend who's a comedian and he asked me one day, he said, do you think there's ever days that Bob Goff hates balloons? Like, do you ever think he's like, ah, just tired of balloons. I had a bad day. Like when you have a bad day, how do you stay positive or how do you reignite? Okay. I've got this passion that I have. I've got this purpose that I have. When you have a, you know, something tragic happens, something troubling happens. You just have a melancholy day. How do you get back to a positive place? Yeah. So, uh, for me, I was thinking just yesterday, uh, I had two calls with people that were having end of life conversations. Like these are among their last days here. And I felt uh, heavy about that, honored to be part of the call, heavy about the content. So what I just did is a little self-care afterwards. You know, I've got a bicycle. I just went for a little ride. I've got a little 
dirt bike out in front. I'm trying to learn how to pop a wheelie. And I, and I just went out to a place. I just, I rode my bike around a little bit. I got on the motorcycle a little bit later in the day. I make little breaks. I don't take the day off and uh, do that, but to just say something to kind of reset, um, Mm -hmm. to take a deep breath, like yoga is not my thing. (laughs) If you could see the visual of me, you would know why, but like, I just find something that helps reset you on Fridays. I usually go for a horseback ride now, Mm -hmm. trying to learn how to gallop. I watch Yellowstone. They do it. I'm in. Okay. So what I want to do is like have a, just a fun little thing. That's just mm-hmm. a release uh, and move towards that. What I'm trying to work on is authenticity. Cause uh, like you, people have a caricature of who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, and everybody listening, either the big boss that's serious or not, or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Um, but to just get authentic, maybe with a couple close people, People that it feels like Switzerland when you're talking to them. Ah. Like they're not mad at people. Nobody's mad. Give me a bar of chocolate and a bobsled. If it wasn't yeah. disrespectful, I would make a shirt out of the Swiss flag. I, I, I don't want to just like know people that are Switzerland. I want to be Switzerland. I want to mm-hmm. be a safe place for people to just come and just get real. That, that was probably a big reason for binding the camp. Um, mm-hmm. I just wanted to make a place where everybody just come, you know, Buddhists and Baptists, like anybody. It's like the only people I've said no to is a nudist colony. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no, we need some cloth between your no, butt and that gonna, couch. Like, no, that is, you're going to have to throw away all the furniture. Yeah, like that's no, there's some stuff you just can't unsee. Um, no. But I would say to just um, find the joy, the times where I feel stressed, most often I can link to, I have my mind's eye like Pinocchio and everybody had a string on him except him. And there's that Uh, moment where he says, I got no strings to hold me down. I'm saying like, find the right strings. If you feel like uh, you need to find out who the puppeteer is, uh, you know, if your faith informs that, find the puppeteer again. If you need to get a hold of some of the emotional strings in your life or you need to pull back from some commitments you've made, find some practices, some habits to gather those in. Don't say, ah, I'm just like, I've not no control of my life. That's a great observation, but let's say it's take a go to the do part. Let's cut to the chase scene Mm -hmm. and say, okay, so then what happened next? So (laughs) what did we do? Uh, so I went to a counselor, started getting my ish together. I like, awesome. Great. Um, so I got a puppy. I'm like, awesome. Like, I don't want to just say, uh, so self, uh, reflection is good. Then pair that up with a little action to say, so this is what I'm going to do about that. This is my 20 seconds of insane courage, uh, to make that call or to quit that thing or to realize these addictive behaviors that you have. And to just say like, you know what? I'm done like that. I want to just encourage people, whatever is your power move, just do it. And you've created a space. Um, it's interesting you mentioned the Oaks where writers can do that. So tell people a little about your vision for writers come to the Oaks. What do they learn? You know, what's what's the mission there? Yeah, I think for whoever it is that needs something, you kind of, when we were first starting this thing called Love Does, there were some kids that got bought and sold into slavery in India. And there was a play, we would like sneak them out. So we would get it. We'd fingerprint them and write down their stories and go to the authorities and 
try to do something. And there was a little hut in this kind of jungle setting. And uh, in the front of the hut, there was two jars and they're filled with rice. And like, just because I'm curious, like you, I said, like to the guy, like, what's the deal with the hut uh, with the jars? And he said, well, the one on the left, if you need some rice, uh, a handful of rice will get your family through the night. And so we want people to take what they need. Uh, and I said, tell me about the jar on the right. And he said, oh, that's for people to give what they've got. Like to, yeah. to, to your point about generosity, take what you need, give what you got. What a great way to bring some balance to your life. I wanted to create a place called the Oaks, but you can create a place. Starbucks already created the place. Make mm -hmm. somebody buy you coffee, <laughs> which is a power move in itself. Um, and then uh, just say, what I'm going to do is take what I need from this conversation. I'm going to bring what I've got. So don't you dare show up to a conversation without have something to offer. Like I wouldn't show up to a party without a, 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 a gift. Um, I wouldn't show up for pizza at your house without, you know, some flowers or something or a pizza. Like, but to say, bring to your conversation something uh, to say, I want, I've got some things I need from this. This is the thing I'm going to give to it. So I just did that on a little bigger scale with 300 acres. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love, that's what I love about your stories. They always have entire other stories in them where it's like we were helping kidnapped kids like that we could do 10 hours it's just so fun to get to know you and be your friend two last questions um what would you put on your mount rushmore of books if you said you know what your books definitely but okay what are the four books that for you are like oh these are these are amazing books and if, if four feels like a lot what's the book you've given away more than any other book other than one of your own oh yeah super easy peter pan Peter Pan. Peter Pan. If you uh, bring it up to date a little bit, there's a more modernized version of that, the uh, movie Hook, another yep. winner. Remember, uh, Peter Pan like turns into this lawyer, like I can relate. Uh, Peter Panning. And he forgot yep. who he was. And there's this beautiful scene where the Lost Boys grab him by the face and they look hard and they say, there you are, Peter. I love uh, the opening to the book, Peter Pan. It's windy. And uh, she's asked, why do all the swallows make their nests in the eaves? Uh, and she uh, says it's because they love to listen to the stories. Um, and so I would be a big fan of just saying, like, what if we create some stories? Not the big, like, so I rebuilt the Ashwan Dam and then that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Give somebody that's thirsty a cup of water. Give somebody who's hungry a hamburger. Find somebody who's naked and give them some socks. I don't know. But, but, but to find something to do about something uh you could uh you know find somebody in a local jail find somebody who's ever i teach a class at san quentin and uh, they haven't learned a thing from me but i learned from them about every three weeks and uh the thing about these guys if you make a call on a burner phone it's two years added to your sentence uh, now a bunch of these guys are in for life so they're like whatever yeah <laughs> but i get uh about three calls a a week from San Quentin. These wow. guys want to know how I'm doing. Like they're, they're not saying I need a file. I need a cake. I need an yeah. alibi. Like they're just, they want to know how their elder friend Bob is doing with the coat. These guys are risking two years tacked on to a pretty lengthy sentence to ask me, how are you? I'm like, Oh buddy. 
Yeah. I'm like, this will take you two minutes. It'll take you 20 seconds of insane courage. I mean, like, find that. Bring him Peter Pan. Give him a, a copy of Pinocchio. Find something. Bring something to put in the right jar. So there's something beautiful about that. And if you walk in with that kind of curiosity, that kind of winsome nature, I'm telling you, these are the stories that will be told about you later. I, I love that. And I'm going to tell everybody how to get undistracted. We'll have all the links. But last question, where can people find out more about you? Yeah, if you just Google Bob, I bet something will show up. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm uh, here and there. I'm a pretty easy guy to find. And uh, if uh, you just Google what's Bob Goff's cell phone number. <laughs> That'll come up too. <laughs> That's so I think good. maybe on the back cover of Undistracted, I'd have put your cell phone number just to see what happens. It's a I little think social I, panic experiment. attack, panic <laughs> attack. That's what I would have. Like when you, I'm more Maria. I'm more sweet. I'm team sweet yeah. Maria. <laughs> I'm team sweet Maria. Well, Bob, this has been a blast. I love you. I love your stories. You. I love that I get to be your friend and I get to tell people Bob is Bob is Bob because um, it's so fun. Well, uh, so thank honored you for to be this. part of this family, friends, and for everybody listening, just to really appreciate what you're doing and making the difference. Keep listening uh, to what John says. And I'm not just blowing sunshine. You are among my teachers. What we need to do is find voices you can trust and then just start listening to them more often. I, I really appreciate that, Bob. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on the show, man. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to my interview with Bob Goff today. Wasn't that fun? Isn't he amazing? We'll put all the links in the show notes as always. And thank you for reviewing my podcast. We're headed to a thousand um, reviews and your review helps. Every review counts. And I really appreciate you leaving those. Please make sure you subscribe or follow or whatever it is the kids are saying these days. And please write a review. Last but not least, big thank you once again to our sponsor, Uguazi Macadamia. Visit buymacadamias.com and use the code John Acuff to get a free snack size package of roasted and lightly salted macadamia nuts with any order. That's it for this week. I'll see you next Monday. And remember, all it takes is a goal. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the All It Takes is a Goal podcast and to get access to today's show notes and exclusive content from John Acuff, visit acuff.me slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the All It Takes is a Goal podcast.